Hello and welcome to CBuzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber, CD1025, and the Columbus Dispatch. We bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners, and I am your host, Dan Swartout. Today's story, once again, is brought to you by Rev1 Ventures. Rev1 Ventures is a seed stage venture development organization that combines investment capital and strategic services to help entrepreneurs build products that people want and help build companies that succeed. Today we're talking with Steve Weber from N Channel. You are the president and CEO of N Channel. Thank you so much for being here, and welcome to CBuzz. Thanks, Dan. We're exci- I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Now, Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about N Channel, what it is, and what it does? So, N Channel provides uh, merchants with the ability to sell any product in any channel, and that's uh, where N-channel. the N comes from. I exactly. Like that. Yeah, so we work primarily with um, small merchants, small to medium-sized merchants who want to be able to sell um, sell online in brick and mortar, uh, as well as on marketplaces like Amazon and eBay. We we help link those systems together, create the bridges so that you can do things like buy online, pick up in store, uh, and really find uh, a merchant's products anywhere. So. So you have the ability to and channel to do that for any small business because if I'm or any any size business because if right. I'm a business owner and I am thinking I want to take my business online to help it get it to the next level that can be a daunting process how do I do that and N channel makes that possible for any business relatively easy right That's right. And so we're primarily for companies that have a bit of volume. So if you just quit your job yesterday and decide you're going to sell t-shirts from your basement, uh, from your mom's basement, then uh, we're probably, you're probably not quite ready for N channel yet. You're ready for eBay. That's right. You're ready for eBay. But uh, once you've got some volume, like uh, one of our customers here in Columbus is um, Homage, uh, who's also in the Fast 50 with us. uh, and, uh, And also a former Ryan Vessler from homage a a former cbuzz guest and we had an amazing conversation with him that you can find in our cbuzz archives yeah so they are so he's beyond selling out of his mom's basement uh (laughs) selling t-shirts but at one point but at one point (laughs) he was there that's right. So they are they're they are in fact um, they're an N channel customer. They're they're pumping a pretty good volume of uh, t-shirts out of their new shop down there on the east side. And so once you get to that volume where you're doing you know hundreds of orders a day, thousands of orders a day, uh, and need someone to help automate those processes, that's that's what we do. Um, not only am I a fan of the homage brand, yeah. but I'm a sports fan as well. So when I look at your list of customers, I mean, you've got the Philadelphia Eagles right. from the National Football League. Right. I mean, this these are legit big-time customers. How did you – I mean, N-Channel is a relatively new business. It's not right. that old. How have you been able to go from we started this business in 2011 to five years later, we've got the Philadelphia Eagles of the National Football League. Right. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, so the – the, really, the way that we market the product is primarily through inbound. And you may not believe this, but there are a lot of folks out there that are searching for sync my QuickBooks to eBay, sync my NetSuite to Amazon, that are Googling these things, and they find our website and uh, reach out to us, and then uh, we work with them to help get them live. So our 
prospect base. We don't do any outbound sales at all. Everything comes from people searching for what we do. Wow. Now, you have a background in technology, which is interesting to me because a lot of times when we have entrepreneurs on CBuzz, they were following one career path and then their entrepreneurial leap was yep. a big jump. We're yeah. doing something totally different than what we did before. Right. You had an entrepreneurial path and then you started your company in that um, you didn't have an entrepreneurial path. You had an IT path, uh, an information technology path, and, and then you started your company, your startup along that same path. What was that idea like? What was that process Mm. like? Was that just a natural for you? Because for so many other entrepreneurs, it's a big break from what they did before. So um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs about, uh, there's eight of us, uh, grew up on the east side and and about half of us are uh, either now or at one time were small business owners. My father was a small business owner. So I knew I always wanted to do my own thing. But rather than doing that straight out of school, I went and worked for Sterling Commerce up in Dublin. Absolutely. And we focused on doing uh, integration for big companies. So the Home Depots and the Walmarts and all those guys. And when I decided to do my own thing, essentially there was a, a big part of the market we were unable to serve. And it was primarily the smaller guys. And it mm-hmm. was, you know, this was circa 2000 when, when software wasn't very open and you couldn't, you couldn't get software to talk to each other back then. And back uh, around the turn of the century, software publishers started to make it easier to connect small business software together. And I saw the opportunity to jump out and go do my own thing and begin to focus inside that space. So you always, even when you started in more of a corporate path, in the information technology sector, you always had as a long-term goal, I am going to be an entrepreneur and maybe I'm just learning the business on the corporate side before I go out and do something on my own. That's exactly right. Yeah, in fact, at Sterling, Sterling was a company that had lots and lots of divisions back in the day and it was possible that you could end up being a division president. And that was my goal when I was there first, was to learn to run a software company. Right. So I did I did time in, um, in uh, product development, in customer service, in product management, in sales, in pretty much every department except finance and uh, uh, facilities, uh, with the intent of one day running a division. Uh-huh. So folks will often try to pigeonhole me and say, oh, you're a tech guy. Oh, no, you're a sales guy. No, you're a marketing guy. Yeah, I've, I've I've worked every piece of a software business from you know, when Sterling was uh, about a little $10 million division to um, we, we grew up to 100, $110 million. What was that moment like when you're like, well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to try something on my own here and maybe step away from this comfortable, secure thing that I got? Oh, it was exciting, especially for my wife, because it was two days after my second child was born. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I'm sure there was some talking. That's right. There was some there, consternation, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. There, there was a bit. But, you know, the company had gone through a bunch of different acquisitions and things. And I, I just, I knew it was time. I felt it was time. And I saw the, the opportunity. And it was, 
of course, scary and exciting all at the same time, you know, because um, just jumping out and figuring out, first of all, even once you set up your own office, you know, little things hit you in the face to realize that you don't have that big wrapper of corporate around you anymore. Like, right. you know, making your own coffee and having to buy the coffee and the filters. <laughs> That it's not just up in the cabinet, you know, little things like that. You're responsible. Go get me my own coffee. Exactly. You know? Then you figure out you have to get your own sales. What advice you might have for entrepreneurs and especially for entrepreneurs who are in a field now and then want to go out on their own in that same field. So a few things. Number one, I would say that, um, you know, we're, we're raising money and, and, you know, getting folks to buy into your concept and your product is concerned. The hardest part of that is that first phone call and reaching out to get into the funnel for fundraising. Right. You know, and so if you're thinking about it at all, keeping, keeping in mind that it is a funnel. And so there are hundreds of companies in Columbus that start at the top of that funnel and only a few that make it to the bottom, right. That actually get funded. Right. So we feel very fortunate to be part of that very small community that, that gets funded. But I will also tell you that, um, uh, don't be discouraged if you hear a, a not yet, right? Mm -hmm. It is, uh, we heard a lot of not yet. Sure. In fact, I get uh, 20 or 30 not yet a week. We're still raising money as, uh -huh. a, as a company. And uh, uh, we talk to a lot of uh, venture capitalists and folks like that, and we get a lot of not yet. Uh, that doesn't bother me at all because typically you're going to get good feedback from those folks on what you need to do, you know, to, uh, to move on. It's the no's that concern you. And sure. I will tell you that there are, uh, especially working with Rev1, I've rarely seen them say no to anybody. It's typically not yet or improve this. No one's going to give you better guidance, better feedback uh, than, than Rev1 does. Yeah, we've talked about some of the processes that entrepreneurs go through at Rev1 yep. to refine their pitch, to refine their, their product, to determine what the market is. That is, uh, uh, that is, when you talk about that first phone call, I cannot imagine the bundle of nerves, everything that's going on inside of you when you're talking to somebody and just asking them for money right. and not just 20 bucks right. you're asking for some serious cash. That's right. gotta, that's just gotta just throw you for a little bit of a loop that you've even made it to that position to be there. Oh, the, the highest pressure moment is actually the day that, um, uh, that, that someone writes their first check. In right. fact, we were talking to one of our investors yesterday who, um, runs a painting company, uh -huh. you know, and his painting company generates just a few million dollars a year in revenue, but he qualifies, meets the criteria of being a uh, private investor. Uh -huh. He's an accredited investor. And, and when you take that guy's check, you know, he drives up in a pickup truck to meet with you, really doesn't know much about the software business, but loves you know, is a passionate investor and wants to help small businesses yeah. grow. You take $50,000 from that guy and you feel like, man, you know, we better do well for him. It's right? got to work. Yeah, absolutely. Not just for us, but for him right. and for everyone else and from everyone who we're converting from a not yet to a Heck yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we were fortunate with Rev1 because um, they paired us up with a, being a software technology company. They paired us up with exactly the right guy, someone who did biotech. So that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It took me a second. You couldn't see the facial expression on Steve's face that uh, that there was a little uh, a little bit of a curveball thrown with me on that one. Yeah. 
so the um, it was actually we were very fortunate uh, because the entrepreneur in residence that we had assigned to us back then um, was uh, who ended up becoming a board member and a good friend is is um, uh, didn't know the software industry uh-huh. and so we had to explain what we did in great detail and make it very simple uh, and that really helped us with our pitch for if we could explain it to Dan then we we knew that uh, and if he could understand the concept we knew that the uh, screening committee for investment funds and everybody else would get it could you kind of explain what angels are. Many folks probably do not know this, as maybe even your listeners don't know this, but uh, the Ohio Tech Angel Fund, which is based here in central Ohio, is the largest uh, angel fund in the world. So Whoa. folks assume... Right uh, here in Columbus? Right here in Columbus. So folks assume that uh, the largest angel funds are probably in Silicon Valley or on in on the East Coast, but it's here in Columbus. Uh, and um, they... They have been around for you know a while uh-huh. and uh, have a very very close partnership with Rev One. In fact, uh, much of the leadership of OTAF sits in the same offices as Rev One. Really? So there's, yeah. So there's a fantastic partnership between the two organizations. And so what the Angels are focused on. So Angels are once you get beyond Rev One, the Angels are there to help you to. Uh, they are typically um, self-made folks or folks that uh, are interested in helping invest in the dream. Right. Right. So when you present to an angel, you're not necessarily presenting to them uh, a fantastic proven financial model. What they're buying is they're buying your dream, your vision, and they're, they're, they're really investing in the individual. Right. Because at one point someone believed in them. And they want to, you know, they want to essentially offer the same thing. Pay it forward. So Silicon Valley gets all the love because they develop a lot of software that consumers use every day, mm-hmm. right? Google is out of Silicon Valley and Apple is out of Silicon Valley and all the brand names that consumers work with. Um, I like to tell people that Columbus in Central Ohio does all of the software, the heavy lifting of software development, right? So the stuff you don't see every day happens here in Columbus, banking software yeah. and integration software and um, all the stuff that's behind the scenes that make all of your other products work so well. That development happens here in Ohio. So just like the Midwest is like the heavy, you know, the heavy lifting of manufacturing and things like right. that, we are the heavy lifting of software development in the Midwest too. And so there are fantastic, fantastic uh, technical resources here, exactly, you know, focused on the type of business that we, that we're in, that know how to write integration components and things that can handle millions of transactions a day, not just, you know, hundreds of transactions like a, an iPhone does or, Right. 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 So um, there is uh, there is just an amazing, amazing heavy lifting, uh, uh, you know, depth of tech here in Ohio. Right here in Ohio, and and you are in the heart of that, which is obviously a huge benefit for what your business does and would be a huge benefit for other tech startups. That is uh, that is the first time that kind of information has really been talked about here on CBuzz, and it's bringing, I think, a whole new facet to the conversation about what makes Columbus so great for business. Well, think about the IT people that are here. It is uh, Chase Bank. Yeah. It is uh, Nationwide Insurance yeah. and uh, you know, still Sterling Commerce IBM and OCLC and Cardinal Health and you know a lot of software developers who have to do the hard, hard, hard 
components of software development, not not just the easy user interface stuff, right? So great, great, great depth here. Maybe if Atari was based in Columbus, Ohio, it would still be around today. They wouldn't have had to do the big burial of... Uh... <laughs> Those ET cartridges would not be in the desert. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Steve, uh, Steve Weber, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Really, really enlightening. I'm learning new things. As I continue to host the show, I'm learning new things about Central Ohio, about the business community. And and I, I just love the perspective that all of our entrepreneurs bring to the show. So, Steve, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Dan, for having me. Steve Weber from N Channel. Wow, what a good show this has been. Uh, I want to thank Steve, and I want to thank you for listening to CBuzz. I am your host, Dan Swartout. Once again, CBuzz is a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber, CD1025, and the Columbus Dispatch. CBuzz is produced by Delara Casey, engineering by Mark Pasternak from Jump Goat Media, and the recording studio provided by GrooveU. Thanks to our partner, Rev1 Ventures, for bringing us today's episode. Another, another phenomenal, phenomenal entrepreneur from Rev1 Ventures. Rev1 Ventures, helping entrepreneurs build products that people want and helping companies to succeed. Thank you again to all of you. But most of all, thanks to you for listening to CBuzz. Go out there on iTunes. Give us a, give us a rating, hopefully five stars. And if you're not going to give us five stars, it's not yet. Wait till you're going to give us five stars. Not yet. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks again for listening to CBuzz. Buzz.